your first deal is your scariest deal. As you know, it's your hardest deal. It's your scariest deal. You know, one of my first mentors said, your first deal is harder than the next 10. The next 10 is harder than the next 100. And I believe that after you've done 10 of them, you're just like, because you got some systems and processes in place. A lot of the guesswork is, is gone. So yeah, it was a lot of work. You know, I'm not going to lie. I worked 70 hours a week. So my dad didn't have to building this company. But we put a lot of systems in place. You know, in the beginning, we we're just using our own cash, but we can only buy one house at a time. And I highly recommend too for your audience, document your journey. This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, the show that will teach you how to build wealth with real estate without buying yourself another job. I'm your host, Taylor Lotes, and today our guest is Mike Manino. Mike is a force in real estate. He built a flipping company and has flipped 80 properties all before turning 30. He created financial independence, went from being a McDonald's employee, going to community college to now being a financially independent multimillionaire who also created a stream of income that enabled his father to retire from his construction job and now just focus on driving around in his Tesla all day, working on flips. Pretty incredible stuff. Mike is going to teach you about the importance of mindset to set yourself in the right direction, set the right goals, and get yourself to the destination where you want to go in life and real estate. You're going to learn what it takes to build a successful flipping company, to build teams and systems to get things done while you're not there to make sure your flips don't become another job. And then we also dig into why Mike is switching from his active flipping business to now focusing on multifamily investing. Multifamily has some very key advantages that you just cannot get with flipping single families and we dig into why. Mike is a force in real estate investing. He's achieved some very big things all before turning 30. Very incredible, very impressive. You're going to be inspired today. At least I certainly hope you will be. Mike's a very inspiring person. And hopefully we can help you get to that next level in your real estate investments. Whatever that is for you, we'll help you get there today. Once again, I'm your host, Taylor Lote. I'm a real estate investor. I focus on multifamily and self-storage investing. To date, we've acquired, partnered on, or otherwise had a hand in over $250 million of commercial real estate investments. If you'd like to learn more, just go to investwithtaylor.com, schedule a call, and I will look forward to connecting with and speaking with you soon. Don't forget to subscribe and catch us here every weekday. Once again, our guest today is Mike Manino. Let's go. Mike, the McDonald's employee who became a millionaire from flipping burgers to flipping houses, as you like to say. Thanks so much for joining us today. For our listeners out there, can you tell us about what you're up to today? And then we're going to wind it back to how you got started. Yeah, thank you very much for having me today. So I have a fix and flip business up in Michigan. I have bought, fixed, and flipped over 80 houses before the age of 30. I have 60 rentals, mostly apartment buildings and a few Airbnbs. And the coolest part is I now live in South Carolina and my flipping business is up in Michigan. And we can talk about that later. That's awesome. So you've accomplished a lot of really big things, but you had to start somewhere, right? So tell us about what it was like getting started, doing that first deal, especially being in the mindset where you hadn't done a deal before and things were kind of tough at the time. Yeah. So I'm going to back it up a little bit because I, like you said, mindset, I want to talk about the mindset. So at 13 years old, I was actually diagnosed with Crohn's disease, which is kind of like an ulcer in the stomach where it hurt to eat. And I lost a lot of weight. And this was during middle school. I was on 16 different medications a day. 
One of them was steroids. And then I gained a lot of weight and, you know, I'm short. So it didn't look good on me when I gained like 30 pounds, right? It all went to my face. I look like, like the tire guy or whatever, Pillsbury Doughboy. So I turned that experience. It was like one of the biggest blessings in my life because it really showed me that life is very precious at a young age. Because uh, when you're 13, you're invincible. I mean, you could break a leg and go run a marathon a week from then, right? You're like Wolverine. You just heal instantly. I realized that life is precious and that we're tomorrow's not always promised. So from that experience, I took it, I took life very serious and uh, appreciate what was given to given to me. So from 13 to 16, though, this is a very short journey in my life. I uh, I don't know if you know who Jack Canfield is, Chicken Soup for the Soul. I followed his work during this time of my life. And one of the movies I watched 18 times in three years was actually The Secret. And there was a lady in there who was diagnosed with breast cancer. And I believe within nine or 12 months through positive affirmations, believing that she was healed, the mindset of that, not just saying it, but believing it. Like that's the biggest thing is actually believing that you're healed, working out and, and watching comedy and just living like a, a good life. Within nine or 12 months, she became cancer free. So I took that to heart and I had the mindset of healing myself. And by the time I was 16, I got off all the medication. I haven't been to the doctors in 14 years and I'm in remission and healed thanks, thanks to God, right? So very blessed for that. So that's kind of like the mindset I had growing up. I'm very intentional. I know that life is very short. I blink and I feel like another month goes by. I, it's crazy. <laughs> so after having that experience, I worked at McDonald's. I, I, I come from a humble beginning. My dad's a, a, car, a carpenter. So he would do like the cabinetries and, and nice kitchens and things like that in houses. So I went to school. 35 hours a week and I worked at McDonald's. The legal amount at 16 was 20 hours a week. And I, I made sure to do that because I had to pay for my car, my gas, my insurance. I got a girlfriend. Then all my money was gone after that, right? It was just like anything I wanted. It was funny. So I told my dad, like, you know, he's like, you can have anything you want in this world. You just got to put your pants on and go to work. So I, I, I took that and I was blessed to have that mindset growing up. I mean, literally from McDonald's to then busing tables at 17, waiting tables at 18, I saved up $14,500 by the time I was 19 years old, living at home, like thankfully no rent, just my little expenses. And I was able to buy my first home with an FHA loan, which I highly recommend anyone to do. If you're young or you have young kids, you don't have a lot of credit, don't have a lot of money, FHA is a great way to get started because I think for $7,000, I was able to buy my first house. It was a $67,000 house in 2012. It was a three bed, two bath, foreclosed house with blood on the walls when I bought it. Blood and on the baseboard and walls. But do, this is the funniest thing. So I closed on the house and my dad's like, hey, let's go celebrate. This is a big accomplishment. Let's go get you know dinner. I was like, I can't. I, and I'm waiting tables. And I'm like, I took two weeks off of work and I have people I work with. I told them they can move in. Uh, they can be roommates with me and the house will be ready in two weeks. I, I was like, I have to go now get this house ready because I got roommates moving in in 14 days uh, and there's blood on the walls, right? And I got to do new flooring and doors and trim and like, I got to like rehab this thing. That was my experience. And I did house hacking before I knew what it was. Like just before, you know, I listened to podcasts and things like that, but it was, a, it was an awesome experience. My mortgage was 600 a month. I rented out each bedroom for 200 or 300 a month each. So at 19, I'm going to community college, waiting tables, and my mortgage is now covered. I'm just paying a third of utilities, which is great. 
right? I fix up the house. Two and a half years later, I sold it for $147,000. So I had like a $60,000 check at 21 years old with a car with no horn, no AC, 2004 <laughs> Malibu, and moved back home with mom and dad, and I started flipping houses from there. Wow. Okay. So I'm glad you didn't squander that return from the property. I'm also a little surprised you didn't go on to then do another FHA loan on a second house. You actually moved back home. Why that decision? Yeah, good question. I moved home and then this was back like in 2015. So there was actually, it's called in Michigan, the Oakland County tax auction. So in Michigan, it's a little bit different than I've realized from other states, the tax auction, how that works. So April 1st, if you don't pay your property taxes after three years, you lose the house. There's no redemption periods. Um, you lose the house. So then they have the auction in July and August. So I had $60,000 in my bank account for less than 30 days. I go to this auction and I'm like, I'm not gonna buy any houses. I just wanna see how it works, but I'm not gonna buy any houses. And I'm like, well, there's like five houses out, you know, in this city where I grew up and where my first house was. And it's honestly like a couple blocks away. And I'm like, if it sells for less than 60, cause that's all I have. I mean, like, I'm like, I just have 60,000, then I'll buy it. And then Long story short, I ended up buying this house for $50,000 at the tax auction. I thought it was the worst decision I ever made in my life because you're not allowed to see the inside. It was it was occupied. So I could only see the outside. I have no idea what I bought. I'm sitting there at the tax auction. They're like, young man in the back. It was 218 with the bidding card. Congratulations. Everyone looks at me and it was just like like a like a, a bomb went off. It was like, Boo. like my ears are ringing. I, I was like about to pass. I was like, what did I just do, right? <laughs> I just bought this house. I don't know what it looks like. I didn't know back then, like what was behind drywall. I didn't know it was two by four, 16 inches apart, insulation, some plumbing, electric. I had no idea. I was like, what did I just buy? I bought that property and I was like, hey dad, I'm out of money and I'm living with you. How about if you help fund the rehab, which is like 35,000, then we'll split it 50-50. And, and thankfully the house wasn't in, terrible condition. So it was like a $35,000 rehab. We're into it for 85,000. So 50 plus 35. And we sold that one for 140. So it was another like slam dunk. And it's kind of funny. My dad told me not to pursue flipping houses. He's like, you're crazy. You're, you're just like getting lucky with these things. But why I flipped houses is because I, one, didn't want a job. I, I'm not good at holding those things. And then two, my father is really important to me. So he, like I said, he was in construction. He was doing the manual work and he was coming home at, you know, at the end of the day and just plopping on the couch, just like dead at four o'clock in the afternoon because he's off at work at 7 a.m. And I realized you don't have till 65 to retire. You know, he's, he was in his late forties, early fifties at the time. I was like, he can't do this for another 15 years. Are you kidding me? Like hanging cabinets and doors and trim and, you know, nail gun, you know, trim to, you know, the walls. So my goal uh, for him was to actually retire him. I said, the goal is like, if you make more money with me, you work 20 hours a week and you don't do any physical labor, you just drive around in your car all day, check out the guys, then you got to come work for me. He's like, fine, whatever you, you're 21, whatever, you know, make any deal bet you want. Sure. That was in 2017 and 2019. We actually hit the goal. He makes over a hundred grand a year with me. He works less than 20 hours a week and he drives his Tesla around to go look at the properties. That was my big why, but yeah. Which model Tesla? The three. He can't afford the nice three. ones. Okay. <laughs> three still, three still plenty good. Great. Okay, so 
scaling from those first two to the point where you could get your dad out of his day job and just have him work for you, drive around in his mm-hmm. nice, you know, electric luxury vehicle scaling up. Yeah. Like what did that process look like for you? Because I think a lot of folks get kind of stuck in that, man, this is a lot of work doing these deals. In the beginning, it is. Your first deal is your scariest deal. As you know, it's your hardest deal. It's your scariest deal. You know, one of my first mentors said, your first deal is harder than the next 10. The next 10 is harder than the next 100. And I believe that after you've done 10 of them, you're just like, because you got some systems and processes in place. A lot of the guesswork is is gone. So yeah, it was a lot of work. You know, I worked, I'm not going to lie, I worked 70 hours a week. So my dad didn't have to building this company. But we put a lot of systems in place. You know, in the beginning, we we're just using our own cash, but we can only buy one house at a time. And then we brought on hard money loans, which is, you know, high interest rate, which is fine, high interest rate, these lenders will lend to you. But that allowed us to do like two and then four houses at a year at a time. And then we, I highly recommend too for your audience, document your journey. If you see me on Facebook, I've now just reached over 10,000 followers on Facebook and we're about to crush 11,000. And every day I post, I make a video and I document the houses we're doing, the apartments we're doing. And by doing that, I started getting people reaching out to me like, Mike, this is awesome that you're doing this because I would make it like a HGTV. I would like, I'm like, hey, my name's Mike Menino. We just bought this house. We're going to tear down the cabinets. We're going to rip out the carpet. We're going to put new stuff in and I'll, you know, make another video in a few weeks when it's done. And everyone's like, who is this guy? What is he doing? And you just keep doing it over and over and over again. Now I have more money than I need inside of our single family business of people who want to give us money for houses. We don't have enough houses. And we're only going to cap to about, you know, we hold 10 houses at a time typically. And you only need a million and a half dollars in Michigan for an operation like that. So it's pretty easy to feel like to reach that limit. But it's kind of amazing. So now we have more people who want to give us money than we have houses to even serve. So it's kind of a crazy problem I never thought I would be in. So to answer your question, though, in the beginning, like how did we scale and, you know, overcome the adversities? I would say your why needs to be bigger than you. So once you hit that point where you had achieved what you wanted to achieve, what kept you going? You did hit that why. Mm -hmm. So did you reevaluate and reassess, come up with a new why? Or, you know, obviously you didn't just stop. So what did you do then? Yeah, I'm not retired yet. So yeah, you got to have a lot of goals. I have a lot of them. So like it's really good. The biggest one is my, my father, as you probably tell. And then the rest is like, honestly, just for, I mean, now it's to take care of other people. So now it's my office manager, Olivia, who does everything in our our company. She's the one talking to the title companies, the lenders, everything. She came on our, in our company two years ago, making $35,000 a year. And I told her, I was like, you come in, you're not, it's not nine to five, but you will make like 60 to 80,000. And my goal was for her to make a hundred in the last two years, she's been crushing a hundred thousand dollars a year. So it's cool. Like my goal five, six years ago, whatever it was, was to make a hundred thousand. Then it was my father. And then now it's my employees. And now it's my contractors for them to buy houses. The guys, cause they work with us. They turn all these houses. We have three full-time crews and they're working with us every single day, doing all the work. And I'm helping them meet their goals, you know, buy the houses, put their kids in the school districts that they want to be in. And, you know, family time, vacations, giving them Christmas bonuses. Like there's always going to be another why. So how do you keep things running smoothly? You've moved to South Carolina. I'm not sure how long you've been in South Carolina, but how do you keep it running smoothly when you're not there anymore? Yeah, I am very blessed to have an amazing team. 
and the systems in place. So I'll kind of just share about our, our flipping company, how we kind of set that up. So I used the McDonald's method while working there because I was the guy building the burgers, doing the Big Macs, doing the, you know, four piece chicken nuggets, whatever, you know, I was there for a year. And, and if you go to McDonald's, you order a Big Mac anywhere in the country, it's going to be the same, probably in the world, it's going to be the same Big Mac, right? It's going to taste the same, look the same, feel the same, same ingredients, right? So that's what we've done to our houses. One of the, the secret sauces in my business is I've created a 350 line Excel spreadsheet of all the material and all the labors of every single product we use in a house. Spoiler alert, it's not like HGTV, all of our houses look the same, right? If you go on my Facebook, you're gonna see all the houses, it's gonna be the same agreeable gray, gray the same white shaker cabinets, it's gonna be the same LVP flooring, the same door, same trim, same doorknob, same everything, over and over and over again. And when you do that, it makes the business a lot more repeatable and like I said, with that spreadsheet, I'm able to understand like the cabinets cost $175 on average for the material and we pay 50 for the labor. So I pay $225 per cabinet installed. If I need 10 cabinets, that's $2,250. Now imagine that with the whole house, doorknobs, lights, paint, everything, right? So you can even fill out the sheet up front and know like to 95% accuracy what the house is going to cost. That allows us to not have to babysit contractors. We used to pay them hourly, and I was like, oh my gosh, they're smoking. They're on Facebook and sitting on a paint bucket. I'm like, oh my God, I'm paying you $45 an hour. And this is the beginning. I'm living at home with mom and dad. I'm like, you make more money than me, and you're smoking and like on Facebook, what's going on? So having like that system in place, so there's no change orders, the same materials, and then hiring the best people, like my Olivia, who runs my company, and then last April, I brought on a partner, David, who is our boots on the ground. So he's the one looking at houses and he's taken a hundred photos of a house before I can look at them online. And I've done so many houses up to this point. I know a thousand square foot house typically is, you know, $40,000 in reno and things like that. I've been in South Carolina for a year. I've been back to Michigan twice and I actually just long-term leased my house up there. So I'm not going back for the next 12 months. Nice, nice, good for you. But you ultimately decided to move on in a certain sense. You didn't completely stop flipping houses, but you're out of the day-to-day and switch over into multifamily investing. Why make the switch? So there's three reasons for that, and that's a very good question. Number one, you always have a money problem. When you don't have money, you have a money problem. Then we do have money, Uncle Sam likes to take half of it. So there's yep. something beautiful, as you know, some called cost segregations and depreciation. So that's one of the reasons is to offset my active income in the fix and flip business. So I'm able to use a lot of those losses when we buy apartment buildings to offset that. So to help offset my today's taxes. And then two would be passive cash flow because flipping houses is a very active, high paying job, but it's a job. It's a high paying business. The second you stop, your income stops right? The second you stop buying a house and you stop flipping a house, your income stops. And I realized that. And, you know, we're both young guys. Social security probably won't be around by the time. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, I don't, it won't be much. Yeah, it won't be much. There won't be much to, you know, maybe we'll get a Big Mac or something. You know, we don't have 401ks. I don't have IRAs. I don't have retirement accounts. So I have to provide for myself. And then three is the wealth appreciation. I love multifamily for this because it's like built in value that goes up. Like every tenant is okay. You know, our rents are on average a thousand bucks a month. 
if they go up to 1,025, then 1,050 every year, they're completely okay with that. And as you know, what that does to the value of the property, every time you increase it $25, I mean, if at a, it, it, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars once you have like, you know, 60 or 100 units every single year. I mean, just kind of just without even doing much, you don't even have to go in and turn units just by inflation, rents will go up and your, your wealth goes up. Yeah, that's the the gradual appreciation over time. And it is interesting how often on the tax aspect, folks get into flipping, they are successful, those who are successful in that space, come to find out that that return they made on the flip is taxed at their ordinary income level. So it's the kind of least tax advantaged way you could get into real estate possible. Yeah, it's a lot of taxes. But very blessed to have the, and it's, it's a lot of work too. Like you said, you know, a lot of people don't run their companies like I do. I was in the beginning, I was running to Home Depot three times a day, mowing the lawn. And I was like, this has got to change, right? And then also, if you don't mind, I have a, a gift for if any of your listeners want to learn how to flip houses. I have a step-by-step -step tutorial of how we made $55,000 on a house, how we found the deal, how we underwrite the deal, like estimate the renovation costs, my standardized pricing sheet, like kind of running through it. And just like it's a whole 20 minute video, it's free training. So if you guys want access to it, you can go to 55kdeal.com. So it's 55kdeal.com, 55k. That's how much we made in the house. So it's kind of made a easy URL to remember. So there's a, a free gift for you guys. Before we go to the three questions I ask every guest on the show, was there a big misstep for you along the way? Something that you would do differently or were there none? Good question. Nothing major. The only thing is in the beginning, I was, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I was apprehensive on maybe buying the next deal, worried about if I can raise the capital, worried about the renovation. And, you know, is it going to be too much? Am I going to have too much on my plate? And I probably said no to a lot of deals where I could have said yes, and it would have worked out but I was just nervous in the beginning. So if I could go back to like maybe my younger self, like it, it's okay, you know, it, it'd be nice to just kind of like have someone like you're doing okay, you're doing it right, just keep going. Nice, nice, okay, great. Right now we're gonna take a quick break for our sponsor. All right, Mike, I've got three questions I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? I am ready, let's go. Great, first one, what is the best deal you've ever done or the best investment you ever made other than in your education. Yeah, so I'll talk about my best deal that we bought last year in North Carolina, outside of Greensboro. This is a 16-unit apartment building, all brick. The seller put on a new roof two years prior, and they're all two-bed, one-and-a-half bath, a 1,000-square-foot hound-style homes and hardwood floors. Like, awesome. It's on two acres, gorgeous beautiful neighborhood where it's like $400,000 houses around it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'd love to live here, right? I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to move in. So when we purchased this property, the average rents were $680 on average for a thousand square feet, two bed, one and a half bath. We purchased this last July 28th. We have just completed over $100,000 in renovations, mostly just HVACs, doing unit turns as they become available. And surprisingly, and we cut down trees and parking lots, so did like all the CapEx stuff. 
we are right now in the middle of the refinance. Even at rates are higher than ever. Our rate is 5.8. We're going to 7.12%. But it's okay. We have so much equity in this property. We paid $900,000 for it. Right now, my broker's telling me it should be worth about $1.6 So right now, we're in the middle of a refinance. We're able to pull a million fifty thousand dollars out. So we are um, refinancing that. We're going to get all of our capital back, um, plus a little bit. And we have the average rents right now are six hundred or sorry nine hundred and eighty dollars on average. Wow. So we've taken up three hundred dollars on average rent bump. So we have people who stayed there at the low nines, and then we got new people coming in at a thousand fifty. Um, so it comes out to that nine eighty average. So it's really cool because one deal. We're gonna. I think we're into it for 1.1. It's worth 1.6. You got about a half a million dollars in equity on one deal. I have to flip a lot of houses to create a half a million dollars in equity, <laughs> especially up in Michigan, <laughs> right? I think it's like 30 houses on average for me. That one's like my favorite deal right now. Yeah, that that is pretty awesome. That's a pretty nice deal. So we have the best. Now we go to the other side of that coin, the worst. What is the worst deal you've ever done? Good question. Thankfully, nothing too bad. I've yes, I've lost money on flips. I think two or three. I've lost 10, 15, maybe twenty thousand was the most on a house. Honestly, it hasn't been too bad. I haven't had any too bad experiences because we buy in, you know, the first time home buyer homes. So we don't make a ton of money on the flips, but we also can't lose too much money on the flip if that makes sense. But something I did learn from that example is check the crawl spaces. Always check the crawl spaces. And that cost me about forty thousand uh, dollars extra in renovations because we didn't check the crawl space on a house, and that's why we lost like ten, fifteen grand or something like that. Interesting, finding mold or foundation issues, things like that. Yeah, because there's water sitting water in there, so we had to put a sump pump and mold, and I've replaced subfloors, and it just it was just like a mess. Yeah, yeah, that adds up. Wow. My favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing? Relationships and people. I mean, it's the same thing, but people and relationships. Growing my company, I would not be able to live 750 miles away from where we flip if I didn't have an amazing team, right? I mean, I can't like, I can't run to Home Depot and check out houses and all that. Like I said, my Olivia, she's an A player. She works. She's working probably right now, listing one of her houses and talking to agents and doing whatever. I mean, she'll text me 10 o'clock at night, Mike, do this. I'm like, I'll do that tomorrow, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> but if you have like one A player, it's better than like three B players. And same with our contractors. I'm more willing to pay top dollar for talent. Like I said, she makes a hundred grand. She's probably willing to work for less than that and that's okay. But same with our contractors, they make amazing money and we don't have contractor issues. And we, you know, we don't have a team issues because we pay them all really well and we treat them all really well. We do Christmas parties together, we go to Top Golf, and we have a lot of fun together. We always have each other's back too. If we need a favor on the weekend, like in Michigan, like we had pipes freeze last November and one of our rentals is flooding. We're like, you know, James, can you go out there real quick? You know, it's, there's water and he's got our back. For growing a business, it's, it's people. And then for also scaling a business, it's relationships. As if you, know the right people, you can buy any deal you want. I'll repeat that. If you know the right people, you can buy any deal you want. You can buy as big of a, as big of a deal as you want. I just talked to you know, one of my friends. He raised a half a million dollars. Gosh, I thought I was going to have to do this whole big syndication, but just one person. Now we're just JVing it, right? And it's just like one person's relationships is what I've learned is the most important thing. 
Totally agree. Very important, particularly in real estate, but really in all aspects and areas of business. And Mike, I want to thank you so much for joining us today and establishing a relationship with myself and our audience, sharing so much knowledge. If folks want to track you down, find me on the, on the internet, where can they find you? Good question. If you go to that 55kdeal.com inside of there, there's a, a free video. And below that, I have a free Facebook group called Real Estate Wealth Builders. You can join. I'm in there. I post daily and I answer questions. So you can find me there. If you go on Facebook, type in Mike Menino, and then there's two capital I's at the end, and it's a black and white photo. I have 10,000 followers. Feel free to add me as a friend. Follow me along the journey. You can reach out to me on Facebook, and that's probably the best ways to get a hold of me. Awesome. Well, thank you once again for joining us today. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please take a moment and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and catch us here next time. Right now, I hope you have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.